I'm very excited about today's call, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the new product that you've discovered. Stephen, I can honestly say I have never been more excited for a feature on our site, and that's saying something since, you know, I am so partial to the VIP membership component, but this is so much fun. This is the pageant predictions feature on thepageantplanet.com, and it is so easy to get to. Um, You find predictions on our site, you scroll down, um, and you can actually have the final say with your predictions for the winner, the first and second runner up. And the best part of it is there's a leaderboard so you can challenge your friends and your family and see how you stack up against other members of the pageant community. It is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you click the, the pageant predictions and then yeah. where, where does that lead you? Does that lead you so, to some sort of calendar? Where does that lead you? Sure. So there's two options once you scroll over that predictions arrow. The first is pageant predictions and the second is leaderboard. That's that scoring component that I, I just talked about where you can see where you stack up against people from all over the world and their predictions. So if you click pageant predictions, it takes you to a portal where you can see all of the pageants that are available to predict right now. So for instance, we have everything from Mrs. Canada Globe to Galaxy England to IJM Arizona. I mean, we're talking international pageant level from every single scope, all sorts of systems. It is so much fun to see different headshots and see the styles of pageantry all across the world and kind of get your pick in there too. So um, bragging rights are on the line here. Okay. And then so you just select like winner and then first runner up and then second runner up and... Super easy. So all the headshots are shown right there on the site and you just have to click which ones you pick in which order. Okay. And so I'm looking at the leaderboard and I'm not breaking any records. Um, I guessed one person, right? I'm currently, my success rate is at a 4%. That's not the best. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this, I mean, it's a lot of really great information here. And then, so total predictions, what's total predictions and and all that fun stuff and and points one, I mean, walk us through that. Sure. So you can predict as many pageants that are available. So total predictions indicates how many predictions you've actually gone through and clicked and predicted. I won't say guessed because we are some semblance of experts in our own right with our opinions, right? And then the points one is based on the amount of winners and runner-ups you get correctly. Um, so for instance, um, the person in first place right now has um, very a much lower number of total predictions than the person in second place, but her predictions could be yet to come. So you could start really strong and then fizzle out, but you have to stay on top of it. Um, and it is so much fun. And you can kind of pick and choose which you actually do weigh in on yeah it's it's addicting it's addicting well that's a great one that's fun so um thank you and uh until next time (laughs) yes happy predicting welcome to the pageant planet podcast where we help you succeed in pageantry now here's your host Stephen roddy Hey, this is Stephen Roddy, and I am here with our former Miss International and Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, Jessie Ledoux, and we are going to talk about pageant paperwork. So, Jessie, kind of give us an introduction on it of of what we're going to talk about and just guide the conversation here. So, every pageant... 
for the most part, has some element of paperwork, whether it's a simple resume, whether it's a platform statement, whether it's a graphics page. And it varies also when the judges receive it. Some pageants have you handed to the judges the minute you sit down, but others provide it weeks in advance. So your pageant paperwork is so important to providing a great first impression and making sure that all of your secret sauce, let's say, is front and center for the judges to see. Okay, so what are some just practical guidelines that maybe a newbie, she's never done paperwork before, if they're international contestants, they might not even have paperwork, um, so they might not even know what this is talking about. So what are some general guidelines that girls can use to fill out their, their pageant paperwork? Well, first things first, Stephen, I think this goes without saying, is making sure it's grammatically correct and there are no typos. Because just like the business world, if you show up with a pageant paperwork item that has a mistake, um, what does that say to you, Stephen, when you see paperwork that has a mistake in it? Oh, that they're just not thorough, they're not professional, and they're probably not what I'm looking for in a queen. Exactly. It sets such a negative first impression. And then you have to overcome that impression with your words and your eloquency. So might as well start out in the positive versus the negative. Because would you say that a contestant who sits down in front of you for the first time that has a negative um, issue on their paperwork, whether it's a typo or a formatting mistake, would you say they're starting out in a lower point range than someone who doesn't? So I may have a story about that. It'll be brief. Sure. Um, Yeah. I was judging a pageant early on, like in pageant planner's career, but a girl ended her paperwork with basically saying, that's why I want to be Miss Chattahoochee. Um, that wasn't her actual title, but <laughs> it was the wrong pageant. Like, oh no. She, yeah. She didn't even change her paperwork for the last pageant. And so regardless of what she said at that point, she was, she was not going to win and she did not do well because all the other judges that we didn't share and talk about her, I, they had to have felt the same, like by reading her paperwork. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely, if you start off on a foot like that, it's really challenging to, to overcome within a three minute um, experience with that person. Yeah, I totally agree. And that is so unfortunate. So, oh gosh, with with the making sure it's perfect, the other component is that you're following directions. So you can never be too thorough when it comes to joining a pageant for the first time or joining a new pageant for the first time. So it's certainly worth reaching out to that director and ask because they may have a sample version of that paperwork. If they haven't already provided it to you, say, would you mind sending over a template version of the paperwork? And that way you know how it should be formatted and it needs to look the same. And normally we want you to stand out, let your content stand out. So follow directions and be a perfectionist is absolutely the first step to an effective resume. Yeah. And I can say with me, I am not a perfectionist and anybody that's kind of seen the evolution of the site, um, you know that I just, I push things out and I'm like, okay, let's just see if this works and then we'll kind of perfect the model. Um, Mm -hmm. So I need people in my life who are perfectionists like you and Stephanie and Samantha and basically everybody else on the staff, you know, Renata. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, So you need other people. And if your director doesn't even have that format, I'm pretty sure we do have that format or at least a lot of the different pageant systems, what they're Mm -hmm. looking for in pageant paperwork through our VIP membership, right? We don't have to go into like a commercial, but we do. Okay. Gotcha. So then that's the first step. Perfectionist 
and following directions. And one last note on that. It always helps to have someone other than you read it, because if you're reading um, something that you wrote, you know what it's supposed to say. So sometimes you can miss those obvious glaring answers because you're just you're assuming what it says versus actually being critical. So always give it to one or two other people, a parent, a teacher, a professor um, that knows uh, proper grammar or knows you and that way just have a fresh pair of eyes on it. So we will tie um, tie the knot on that first step. The second step is gathering the information. So this is your do not prejudge your qualifications. Just write it all down so you can see it in front of you. Um, and there's no limit to this step. So um, just put it all down so you can see what's in front of you. And then the next step, of course, we'll talk about more critically, um, because there is such a thing as too too much in a platform statement, correct, Stephen? Would oh, you agree? Yeah, totally. And, and I do have a question about what you said, like, just write it all down, like interesting facts, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I'll take my wife, for example. Like, she speaks three languages. She was, like, traveling around, like, dancing professionally as a salsa dancer, like, plays the violin she was um she's a nurse practitioner now but before she was working as a nurse delivering babies and then oh yeah she was miss massachusetts united states on the side right mm -hmm. but when we were talking um i mean gosh this was just a few weeks ago she's like i really don't think i'm that interesting i'm like or that i have that many talents i'm like are you kidding me you know she could you know, all those things were just blind spots to her so how can a girl who's sitting down with her paperwork like, do you have any tips or strategies as to remove those blind spots so that they can just see their life for what they are? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this step, the gathering information step is exactly for that. So think about your entire life history. And I know it sounds excessive, but I promise we'll weed it out when it's not necessary. But it's so important. Just think about the different aspects of your life where you have skills or talents or abilities um, and then just jot them down. Don't like I said, don't prejudge them, because as you look at your overall brand and we'll get there with the next step, you don't want to forget to include something that may actually be an asset. Um, so I just say, like, do not prejudge yourself. Do not prejudge any of the information thinking it's not relevant. This is your step to really put it all down on paper. And it should be truly a snapshot of the history of your life and all that you've accomplished and all of your abilities. And I think I've heard you say this before, so I'm not taking credit, but it's basically easier to subtract than it is add. So just. Yes. Okay. Well, and you know, that's a perfect segue to step three because it's, guess what? Edit the information. <laughs> so at that point, you'll have that snapshot. Um and if the details of those 35 interesting facts that you've listed don't fit into your larger brand, it's time to make cuts. Um, so I'll give an example of this because I was guilty just the same because I didn't come out of the womb a pageant expert. It took years of practice and finesse and being a pageant almanac. That's what all my friends call me. Nice. Um, I included, I think, the Presidential Fitness Award in my, which you achieve in high school, in a, in a resume well, I think my third year in college. And does that have any relevance? I mean, my platform at the time was volunteerism. It didn't matter if I could do a, a plank for 35 seconds. It was not relevant to my abilities. So it was just a matter of me trying to find things to fill a resume with. And I thought it was better to have more than to have less. So just think critically about what makes sense. However, I say that with um, a double-edged sword, if your platform or your passion is related to fitness, 
you absolutely want to keep that on there because you want them to ask you as many questions as possible about fitness, about um, activity, about sports. So think about it. Is that piece of information going to direct the judges in in a series of questions that would serve you as a title holder. So you have all that information from the gathering information step, and now it's time to edit and thinking critically about it. Yeah, well, I mean, whenever you're doing anything in life, you need to have a reason or a purpose for it. So if you're going for a job Mm -hmm. interview, it's like, what type of candidate is this particular professional looking for? And then only put the things on your job resume that pertain to the job that you're going after or that pertain mm-hmm. to the qualities that exemplify the type of person they would want to hire for that position. And mm-hmm. this is one of my true loves of pageantry is that it really teaches girls how to create and craft the resume because that's all paperwork yes. is. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm the best candidate for this particular job. Here's why. In a, in a snapshot on a one <laughs> on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, this is why you should crown me. And mm-hmm. so... Do you suggest girls somewhat like write down a context? I mean, maybe that's in their platform and I, and I miss that, but is there a certain like, okay, my brand? Oh, you know what? You might be getting to it. The brand. I am getting there. My so, bad. You know me so well. Jumped ahead. Okay. You know me so well. So of course, um, if you are a VIP client, you, you have this conversation with me every few weeks because it's important to keep um, discussing it. It's who are you? And it's one of the most difficult questions to answer for anyone, pageantry or professional, because it's think about three words that describe you. Who are you in those three words? It's difficult to tie yourself in, but you have to. So once you've defined that overall brand of who you are and what you have to offer, that's really when you dial into those details, Stephen, um, because you need it to serve a purpose and you need to. We always talk about in pageantry, you're creating a memory with those judges so that you're not just a pretty girl in a great wardrobe. They have to have something else about you to latch onto. So that brand really sees itself in writing when it comes to your resume. Yeah. Well, and I won't ask you this to put you on the spot, but like I remember hearing you say that to someone somewhere. Maybe it was another coaching call. And I thought about it. I'm like, who am I? Like, if I was to do like the pageant resume, what would I want to to come across? And I started to take myself through that that journey that I feel like a pageant girl would do doing her paperwork. And I found like, what do I already do that really gives me a lot of energy? And mm-hmm. for me, it's it's helping other people succeed, whether it's in business or their relationships or personal towards a personal goal. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's spelunking or golf or pageants or whatever, I just like to see other people succeed. I like to see other people win in life. Um, and it was that self-evaluation of just what's energy up for me. And so girls, mm-hmm. if you're totally just blindsided by like, who are you? Cause it's a pretty, it's a pretty heavy question. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, what really gives you energy? Like if you're tired and somebody says, do you want to do X or you get in a certain type of conversation or you start doing a certain activity that you forget all about being tired and you're just re-engaged and re-energized in life. And for me, it's, uh, I am someone who likes to help other people be successful. Mm Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, if you're Googling spelunking, I'll save you a step. I believe it's like extreme hiking, right, Stephen? Uh, it's like uh, cave diving. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. Like that's probably the sound you make when you're um, <laughs> falling. <ending. laughs> Spelunk. Okay. Perfect yeah. onomatopoeia moment. All right. Anyway, so in real talk, if you are still struggling with those words, like to Stephen's point, it's very difficult to turn internally and find those words. Write down all those skills we talked about. Use that second step, the gather information step. Look at your your life CV, because that's kind of what you're putting together, and see, well, what is the most common thread within this? For me, that's what I had to do because I was so critical and I was having a difficult time formulating my brand. And I looked and I said, captain of the, the cheerleading team at my college. It said spirit award winner. It said um, philanthropic award winner. And I was like, well, OK, spirit, clearly spirit is a common thread. So there's one of my words, spirit. And then you go through and you look at others. Okay, what else speaks pretty loudly through this? So if you're having a difficult time and you want to make sure that that brand is consistent and it's built, look backwards. So sometimes it's difficult for people to move forwards. Look backwards at your life and help yourself pull that way. So if you're if you're finding a roadblock, that may help. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're also a really great encourager. Like, I mean, that's why you're just such a good coach and you're just a lot of fun to be around. You always make people feel better about themselves. Like when people have had oh, a Jesse Ledoux experience, they always walk away feeling a little bit better about themselves, which is nice. I appreciate that. And and so I we I work with girls all the time, Stephen, our VIP clients, about what are their three words. And they always say like, well, kind and compassionate. I said, well, what are your core values? And that's when we really get to the good stuff. So um, for me, mine were spirit, authenticity, and celebration. That was me, my brand when I was competing for Miss International. I felt like that was strong and it was true to my personality and it was true to my abilities. So allow yourself to really embrace the positives in you. And whether it's maybe, um, I did this recently with another client who was really struggling. We set up a, an anonymous survey, a survey monkey, and she was able to send it to all of her friends and family and asked to have them describe them in three words to see what came back. Um, so if you, yeah, if you are really, really struggling and you've put all your information down on that platform page or your resume and you still really can't find those common threads, who better to help you than those that are working with you or know you on a regular basis and feel like they know your true heart. If you put them in, put them in that position and then kind of see from there. Hmm. I, I like that. Now, are there certain like, three words that just girls should just stay away from because everybody uses them and it's just like blah. So, Hmm. Could be more than three yes, or one. Yes. And, <laughs> yes and no. Um, so for instance, the word driven, we hear driven all the time. I yeah. already mentioned compassionate all the time, unique all the time, which is funny because what's the definition of unique and everyone <laughs> says it. Um, so I always say it's the combination of the three words that matter. So is there a third extra sassy word that you can throw in for a surprise factor? Keep the other two words fairly basic and then throw a third one in that they'll remember or that you can talk about more in detail. So that's the first thing you can do. The second, if you just really feel drawn to those words, be able to have stories that that can illustrate those words. So don't just say, I'm kind, I'm compassionate, and I'm driven. And then you can say, well, the one that really defines me most is driven because I graduated college in two years um, thanks to working incredibly hard through AP courses through high school. So I just made that up. I didn't do that. That would sound really good, though, if I did. Um, but be able to back it up with concrete information. And so don't just leave it at the words. Allow your stories to rise above. So even if your words are uh, run of the mill, you can still stand out. 
Yeah, and then on the other extreme, don't use words that you don't know, like really what they mean, or that you can't oh really gosh. apply it to to your life just because it sounds good or like you, sublime. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're like awesome. nobody is sublime. <laughs> I mean, they are, but you don't say that. Right, right. That's so, a real one. I heard that before. Okay, gotcha. Well, it, it, to go back to your unique saying, it, it reminds me of like just about in every pageant interview, I hear girls say, I'm not the typical pageant girl because I like to ride four-wheelers or I like to get dirty. I'm like, yeah, I literally almost hear that in every interview. So there's exactly. a lot <laughs> um, yeah, No judgment if you were one of the girls that said that to me in interview, but it's just, it's a very We should definitely do answer. a pageant cliche conversation soon. So I would like you're listening that. to our podcast. Stay tuned. We will do a, an overused phrase conversation soon. Yeah. And you know what, if you, I mean, little intersection here, but if you have kind of a, a subject that you would like us to talk about, either email jesse, J-E-S-S-E at thepageantplanet.com or email Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N at thepageantplanet.com. We're always looking for ideas and it's fun to actually give you what you request. Of course. All right. So back on track here, we covered following directions and being a perfectionist. We talked about gathering all of the information. So not pre-qualifying anything that you've done in your life, really seeing it all together. Step three, of course, is editing the information, making sure that it fits that overall brand and messaging. And then step four is organizing the information. So this is a big one because most pageants today, I say most, it probably is most, do most pageants don't require you to submit your resume until pageant weekend or literally you're sitting down in front of that judge and handing them your resume. So they don't have any time. And you, if that's the case, your interview is probably three minutes or less. They don't have any time to sit and read. So I always say, unless there's an open-ended question like that you have to actually have concrete sentences for fragments are your best friend. So instead of listing, say I am the, ca- I was the captain of my cheerleading team, say, Varsity cheerleading captain, semicolon, and separate it that way. That way, they don't have to sit and read semantics. They're seeing essentially bullet points about your ability, so they can just see one, grab it, and go. Um, Because you don't want them to be spending your entire interview portion reading. Um, You want to be charming them. So that's the biggest thing, making sure that that is formatted correctly for really quick and easy observation. And then the second piece, we talked about making sure that everything on your platform page in your resume makes sense. So putting it in an order that they're, they're going to read the first thing first, right? If it's interesting facts, 90% of judges will read the first one and only about 10% will read the very last one. So organize it in the things that you want to talk about that put you in a position for success. Yeah. And especially like the novice judge. I mean, he's sitting there, he doesn't know what he's doing or even the veteran judge, maybe they might only judge like a pageant or two a year. So even them are they're a bit out of flow for the first few times. So it would really be of, of service to you to do exactly what Jesse says. Now, Jesse, mm-hmm. as far as interesting facts, is there is there almost like don't do more than five, but don't do less than two um, if your interview is X amount long? Is there something that formula or like formula or that practical? Formulaic. Formulaic. Yeah. That's a great one. That's what I'm sure. About. Yes. Um, linguistics are a good thing for me. Um, anyway, so I don't, I don't know if there's a, a proper formula 
for the number of items. I think that all plays into, again, what serves you as a title holder um, and what what allows the judges to be able to breathe when they look at that document. If there is no negative space, they're going to be so overwhelmed and you're going to be giving them a mixed bag uh, and you don't want to put your interview to chance. So I would say just be, be critical, make sure that every single item you'd want to talk about. Um, and I would say focus on three things in your interview, be able to direct it toward three different components within who you are. Um, so if you're at that point, um, really edit. Don't be afraid to edit. Um, but I can't give you a number. I don't think there's necessarily a number. Um, that would be the drop dead. Gotcha. And don't dare, like, actually handwrite your answers on the ah! resume. Oh. Gosh, scandalous. I mean, you're a judge and you're seeing that and you're, and you're just turning it left, right, center. Because mm-hmm. regardless of how good you think your handwriting is, somebody else, it, they'll struggle with it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And again, it goes back to following directions. So if you're in a pageant system that you know we're going to print out five copies of your resume and put them in a binder for judges, don't laminate your resume and then send it in. Um, it just... It always helps to just follow directions and be safe. I mean, for me, um, the Miss International resume is on a PDF form that you have to fill in. And I wanted to add so much more than what the space allowed. So I, being a Photoshop whiz, went into Photoshop and like added lines. And my director came back, I say director, and she was like, no, no, you cannot be doing this. And she was right. So thank goodness I had someone um, to put me in check. But it required me to really edit and make sure every single word on that resume counted. um, And every single word made sense and fit my purpose. So that was a good lesson that I learned. So don't feel like you have to overload. Um, it's just so not something that's necessary. So another question here, and if I'm taking us off track, just you know, check me. But is there mm-hmm. some sort of timeline that when a girl first starts working on her uh, paperwork versus like when she should turn it in? Because all these steps you should not squeeze in to like one day, right? Oh, definitely not. Um, as soon as you get that, so as soon as you're crowned, um, your state title holder or local title holder, or get your entry fee paid for your pageant, um, I would, that's the first thing I would ask. I would say, do you have a template version of paperwork if you didn't already receive it? Um, and then do that gathering information step first. And then say, you know what, you know what's really missing is my ability to showcase my my business woman sense. Um, so you can then move forward and say, okay, what can I do in the next few months before my pageant to fulfill that? Um, and then you want to address that in your paperwork moving forward. Um, so the gathering information step is first and foremost what you want to do immediately as soon as you decide to enter. And you want to keep your platform statement and your resume a live document. So as it needs to be updated, um, continue to check it. So have a first edit, have a second edit, and probably have a third edit prior to finally handing it in. And you want to share that with um, like I said, someone that knows you well to make sure that it's authentic and genuine, and then perhaps a coach or a professor or a teacher um, that knows grammar and knows syntax. That's awesome. And also, if you're a VIP girl, just send it to us and we'll review it all for you. <laughs> Editing <laughs> and all. It's, just upload it <laughs> and we take care of it from there. Okay. Yes, we do. So... um any last kind of closing remarks that you would just just to tie the interview all up with? So, yeah, sure. The, the one thing I would say, and as I touched on it briefly a moment ago, is just make sure that your resume is authentic. 
So once you've done all of that work and you're putting all this time and energy into this pageant, you want to be crowned for you. And you want to make sure that they are seeing all of the phenomenal reasons that you should be crowned. So keeping that in the forefront of your mind, is this paperwork me? And is it the best representation of me that I can possibly present? And you want to make sure that you can be the person on that paperwork for 365 days once you're crowned. So it needs to be you. And that's the the biggest piece of advice I can offer. That's great. And how can they kind of learn more about you or like work with you through like the VIP membership? Sure. Um, so we do have a couple of tools that people can utilize. Um, the first is our pageant planet um, preparation timeline, which um, will kind of prompt you if you haven't already started your paperwork, will kind of just nudge you in the right direction as it becomes necessary through your journey. Um, but if you need more of that one-on-one -on -one coaching or questions or paperwork review, um, you can always find information um, through our VIP membership program at pageantplanet.com forward slash pageant dash coaching. Um, and that will give you all of the resources and the rundown of how that works. Um, but it's unlimited edits. So once you're a member, you can send your paperwork back and forth um, as many times as you feel necessary until you're comfortable with it. And we'll make sure to review it. Um, the final thing we always know, we love our articles. You can always serve paperwork on the pageant planet. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.